0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, guys, as we sit down today, Wednesday, July 17th. What happens a week from today? Wednesday, July 24th, players arrive to training camp. And so, we're, guys, we're there. Just to get through this next week. And we will be there. Uh, Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound here on Locked On Browns. Your local experts on the biggest stories. Uh, Brought to you tonight by Hotels.com. Get rewarded. Use Hotels.com. Get away. Go somewhere. If it's a short weekend, a long week, whatever your schedule can fit or your budget can fit in. Uh, but do something. Get yourself a little memory of the summer of 2019. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded with Hotels.com. Uh, back in the saddle this evening. Um, obviously, we mentioned you know Pete and the Streetsboro program uh, starting to lay tracks uh, on what will be their 2019 season. But. Uh, Day number one, good to have him back. Day number two, hope things are looking well in practice. Pete and Pete, uh, you know, there's some times where we get to, you know, take a bow and we get to give, each, give ourselves the pats on the back on some things. Uh, NFL news today, and this is what I tell you guys, you just want to cross the day off the calendar. Old friend Desmond Harrison giving 65 opportunities, whether it's college, in the NFL, and Pete, now it's the most egregious sin of them all.
1: Um. Right. So, look, I mean, this is not something anyone wants to have happen at all. But, you know, you, you'd certainly rather have have it happen. If it's going to have to happen, you'd rather have it happen in another uniform where you know, your team made the right decision to get rid of a potential problem child uh, that wasn't doing the work they needed to do, that wasn't, you know, accountable the way they, they needed him to be. And then, you know, you have this type of situation and he's not a part of your team. Now, that, you know, it's, 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 you know, the accusations are ugly. Uh, You know, it's it's the second one in two or three days. A pretty graphic uh, situation that, you know, it just sounds awful. Uh, And, you know, this is why you and I always talk about you know, people go, oh, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're way too conservative or, or whatever in terms of these issues. But there's, look, as much as you want to win games, there is a, a, a part of this where you want to win the right way in that you don't want to sit there. A, you don't want to sit there all off season, you know, with your fingers crossed, hoping that, you know, the name doesn't come up and something else happened. And then B, look, I don't care who you are. It's more fun to root for Miles Garrett than it is for Greg Hardy. Like, it just is. And that matters to me. Now, I understand it doesn't matter to a lot of people, and there are people that don't care and just want to win on Sundays. And they don't, you know, in that sense, I push back, and, I, and, I, and my thought to that is, they don't think of these players as real people, and you know, obviously, with the background you and I have, you know, and obviously having talked to players, you know, both in a professional and non-professional nature, where you you do get the sense they are people, and they hate the notion that you know people think all players are like this because they aren't. Most of them are just normal dudes trying to you know, get a job, they just, you know, get a job, keep a job, whatever that just happened to be bigger, stronger, faster than the average person. But, you know, it bothers them when this stuff happened because then they get in, you know, then they sort of get generalized as well. They're all just like him when, you know, generally arrest rates, conviction rates are about the same as they are the average populace, but because of the nature of the beast, you obviously hear more about these. Uh, you know, you don't hear you know, we, we, when you're your Twitter feed or whatever, uh, wherever you, you're new, You you'd Average Joe. Arrested. Joe
0: Schmo, the accountant from Belford, Long Island, New York, uh, beat his wife around. Nobody talks about that.
1: Right. Whereas, you know, if it's an NFL player, uh, you know, because it matters to you, you are following the sport. You know it tends to happen, and then the people who are sort of casually seeing it because it's a bigger story than Joe Schmo. Oh, well, you know, of course, and this NFL player does this because they all do it like that, and that's unfortunate. And and I, you know, I would like to, I, that's why I, I fight against the notion that I would hate to have a situation where the Browns are just become associated with this stuff, uh, where that becomes synonymous. You don't want to be that type of team, you don't want to be. Uh, you know, just synonymous with whatever it is, like the Cincinnati Bengals for a while, or some of these other the Dallas Cowboys for a long time. And in some respects still uh, that you don't want to have that reputation that your, you, your, your team is a bunch of bad guys or whatever. And, you know, again, I enjoy rooting for guys that are good dudes. It, it's like, it's a lot more fun uh, with that. And, you know, that's why it, it's always a bump. You know, it always bumped me out this stuff happens. But, you know, it, it's slightly relieve, relieving that they went ahead and got rid of this guy and then this happened as opposed to having to have this happen and then get rid of him.
0: Well, for me, and this is part of it. And look, you know, I'm playing the game and, you know, I've coached it. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, certain players are given advantages that they don't deserve i mean look there's you know guys will play for you a guy who'll always be the you know the you know 48 49 53rd guy on your roster in the nfl and they're doing everything they can and they are allowed zero slip-ups uh des harrison desmond harrison was an undrafted free agent he just absolutely he signed with a team that had a desperate need at the time for a left tackle which is a bad spot to be in, obviously one of the most premium positions in the game, Uh, did nothing in camp, did really nothing in the exhibition games, to probably even earn to dress on game day, Pete. Let alone, all of a sudden now, you give him the job. And this has been the problem with a guy like Desmond Harrison his entire life, is because people felt he could be a really, really good player and contribute, they viewed past every discretion. Uh, whether it was failed weed tests or whether it was not going to meetings or whether the fact that he was just getting to the NFL at 24 and three-quarters of age. You, certain players, you know, you can't give them seventh and eighth opportunities because of talent. They'll never get it, and they'll never, you know, understand that there's things that are expected of you. Um, and you know, we were obviously, we were given firsthand knowledge that once he was no longer the starting left tackle, Ah, you know, I'm 10 minutes late for the meeting. And then there was a meeting you didn't make. And so we, the problem is you give these kids, you give kids who don't deserve these breaks and you keep giving them to them, they never learn the value of right and wrong. And they get themselves in this scenario. I want to, first things first, absolutely 100% in the Arizona Cardinals. It made 100% for them to scoop him up. You know, on the waiver wire, and I give them all the credit in the world for today saying, "That's it. We're not even. We're not even going any further. We're done." And you know, that that was a good move on our part. Just whereas Cleveland said, "Look, you know, that's it. You know, there, there's only uh, such a fine line we can walk with you anymore." But the problem is, is there are so many players vying for so many short, small amount of roster spaces at least roll the dice and give the opportunity to a kid at least is going to do everything for you and is going to bust his ass to try and do the job for you as opposed to the guy who skated through every aspect of his life you, 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 even if it is an under and obviously the Browns didn't lose anything in this with the investment they had in them, but it's just these guys you know it almost gets like the bingo chart of off field issues and what they've done and now the next thing bingo here we are we we've got this we've got that we got drug tests we got that, now we got felony bingo you got it all invest in the players who will do their jobs and when they're outside of the facility you're not worried about you know how they're getting home that later that night or if they're even going home or you're going to worry about the fact that you're going to get that call from the local police department that so-and-so is in there for such a reason it'll always be this way keep your freaking hands to yourself and the nfl please get stern about this they are representing your shield they are representing your product Finally, once in your lives, take a stance. Pete's going to tell you about the good folks over at Blue Chew. We're going to start giving you our offensive line training camp preview. Take it away, Pete.
1: Yeah, uh, obviously you guys were, were dealing with some limp dicks while I was gone. Um, so with that in mind, uh, the good people at Blue Chew are here to help you out. Uh, you know, with, with various Jeffs on this show who probably need – a little more help than the rest of us and should invest in blue chew as often as possible. Uh Blue Chew like the color blue. Uh Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredient as Viagra's and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take it anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be really ready whenever an opportunity arises. And, and, uh, it's certainly a smarter choice to stay home with the spouse and some Bluetooth than it is to, uh, go out or get in a physical, physical altercation and, and end up on the police blotter. So by all means, uh, enjoy responsibly, but, uh, you know, do, do the right thing. Make the woman happy, make the, the woman, the spouse, the, whoever it is happy as opposed to, uh, going the other way.
0: Uh, Check out Bluetooth, 2com com. Uh, use the promo code, all caps, code C-O-D-E. Uh, $5 just for your first shipment on out. Uh, don't have to go to the doctor. Don't have to go pick it up at the drugstore. Mr. Smith, we got your dick enhancing medicine. Comes right in a little box right to the front door. It's your little secret. And hopefully it becomes her little secret and she likes your little secret as well. So, again, thanks to the folks at Bluetooth for sponsoring Locked On Browns. And remember, promo code, all caps, C-O-D-E. Pete, you know, look, uh, as much as this skill in the building now it's mind blowing. It truly hell. That might be for some of you folks. That might be your Blue Chew alone is just the offensive skill that's going to be in this building for the Cleveland Browns' 19 season. But you got to protect the franchise, and right now the franchise is six. He's the maestro. He's the one that makes the music. He's the one that's going to make this whole orchestra go. Uh, you know, look. We know we're going to have at least one new starter on the 2019 uh, Cleveland Browns offensive line. Uh, some going to be some depth changes. How do you kind of see this playing out, Pete?
1: Um, so, uh, you know, the the obvious ones, uh, J.C. Treader, uh, you know, Joe Batonio, Greg Robinson, and, and Chris Hubbard. I I, I think uh, when all of a sudden done, Austin Corbett is going to win that job. Um, it's not, you know, I think he may even it, win it by default. Well, I, I, he might, but I mean, at the same time, I, I think he genuinely has qualities that they like and, it, it, you know, all indications are he's worked hard and, and, you know, I, I think he looked, he looked the part of a guy who could contribute last preseason. I have no reason to believe that's, you know, he, uh, with, with a, a full year to sort of get acclimated and everything. I think he will be effective. I think, uh, I think Kyle Kalis will ultimately make the team as sort of a swing guy. Eric Cush is going to make the team as, a, you know, that interior swing guy. Kendall Lamb is going to make the team as the swing tackle. Uh, and then after that, it, you, you get down to the nitty-gritty, and, and I think it's going to be Drew Forbes uh, will make nine. And then if they keep a 10th guy, and I don't know if they will or won't, I, I think uh, I, I will take my guy, uh, Brian Finney and Ganofo. Uh, at, you know, as as a guy, basically that they decide they don't want to let get out uh, and potentially scooped up, uh, but you know if they have to, they'll obviously. I think he becomes the priority if they have to get send him to the practice squad. I think they'd really like to get Willie Wright to the practice squad, but he's a guy who could contribute somewhere as a nice depth player uh, as a center. Um, and I'm trying Is there anybody else? No, I mean, I, I, I don't think Whitman's going to make it. I don't think, uh, I don't think Brad Seaton's going to make it. Maybe they want to put him on the practice squad. He's enormous, uh, and if they improve his movement skills, he could be something. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the, those are the ten guys. I think they really value uh, with Finney and Ganofo, uh as that. You know, that last guy they really like, keep then Willie Wright, who I think could be a really promising developmental center for somebody, whether it's here or elsewhere.
0: Well, I, I do think with uh, Finian Ganafo, I, I think his almost his rookie running mate in Drew Forbes is going to kind of maybe tell his tale. If Drew Forbes hits the ground running and picks up things quickly... Um, and then you know they say, all right, well we're okay. I mean I don't think there's going to be ten. I, I think there's there's just going to be needs on the defensive side of the ball that they're not going to be able to overlook to have the luxury of ten offensive linemen. So I don't think it's going to work out that way. But they're going to need to see whether or not you know if Forbes can obviously you know do some things where he gets some confidence that they can say. Well, maybe we can even dress him on game day. Then you get Fideon Ganafo in that you know later end of the roster, closer to 53, where he may never dress, but you're able to protect him and and, and not lose him in that instance. Um, you know, I agree, it's going to end up being the starting five. I I, I you know, I think uh, Austin Corbett is going to start regardless. Uh, I think he pretty much was. I don't want to say he handed a starting job the day they made the move, you know, the Olivier Vernon-Kevin Zeitler deal. But, yeah, essentially he was. um, Look, they moved Kevin Zeitler, and, you know, there's some people you talk to that it was mentioned the second he was drafted that, you know, we don't want to be paying two guards the amount of money we're paying them um, you know, obviously Joel Botonio you know, been here the whole time, and it's you know, you know, decided to move on from Kevin Zeidler, who makes a hefty amount of money, but don't ever you know discount you know what Kevin Zeitler did as a player, but they were going to find a way to save some money there, and obviously they did it, and I, I believe Austin Corbett, unless it's a terrible, terrible camp in preseason, uh, I, I think he's pretty much entrenched. It's not to say they wouldn't maybe make a move down the road similar to obviously what they did last year with Desmond Harrison and putting Greg Robinson in. Um, there is also the thought of, you know, trying to get the best five in there. Um, so it's going to see how all that plays out. And, and you know, I, I, I agree. I think the the further down the line veterans, uh, I think they're here. And the other thing, I mean, I think they're here for camp. Uh, but once it comes time, but, you know, those guys look, I mean, you know, a lot, you know, first off, we're not talking injuries, knock on wood. Um, but those are guys, and now they're names, and they have some, value within the league and you know there's going to be teams who say look we need a seventh offensive lineman we need an eighth offensive lineman and look I mean it's not going to be for much it could be conditional sixth and seventh round picks it could be seventh round picks but you have actually a couple of guy offensive linemen that you might be able to move you know come cut down on Labor Day weekend and that's a good thing to have there is you know nothing wrong with that but also it's going to be you know how you know the two kids in Forbes and Finneon Ganafo function and you know can they show early uh, and the other thing is is you know you can't gamble so if these guys are having a tough time early most likely you're only going to be able to keep one of them um, there could be a scenario where maybe where you can't keep either of them because you know you are now a team with a lot on your plate Pete um, expectations to win the AFC North for the first time and psh, so you have to, you know, adjust that roster accordingly to all that. Uh, but it's, it's going to be fun. And that, that's going to be one of the interesting ones. I, I You know, I think it's going to be fun to see it all unfolds through the preseason. And it's not so much one through five. It's going to be, you know, six, seven, eight, and nine.
1: Right. And look, they have guys that are worth having. Um, you know, I, I, I think Drew Forbes is going to be very good. You know, I, I hope. You know, I know right now he feels more comfortable at guard. Um, I think the Browns have to be hoping that he can ultimately be a tackle. Uh, If it's right tackle, it doesn't matter. Um, You know, I think that will be very important. Uh, It's the same deal with with Finney and Ganofo. If he can prove to be a a valuable tackle asset, Uh, Kendall Lamb. um, You know, I'm not convinced in an honest competition that he can't beat out Chris Hubbard now. Uh, So that becomes interesting. But then, you know, you have the Austin Corbett, you have a guy like Kyle Kalis who can play potentially center or guard. You have Eric Cush, who's an older guy, but he's a, a professional lineman who's, you know, you'll, you'll be okay with if you, if a guy, a guy gets hurt. And that's the big difference is last year, you know, they got very lucky health wise in a way that, you know, is really unlikely to happen again. So, now, certainly nobody wants to see anybody get hurt, but they are at least equipped to potentially deal with a short-term injury or if something goes down. So they've got a guy at both tackle spots. Now, Are, are if Gregor Robinson were to get hurt, are you going to be happy with Kendall Lamb at left tackle? Probably not, but certainly he's better than Desmond Harrison was, and that guy was starting for you last year. Or if... Uh, you know, Treader goes down. You know, then you have a guy like Kush or or Corbett or Kalis that can move in there. You have a a much more uh, professional, depth-filled offensive line that you you're not accounting on luck to be a big part of it. You're you you've you've done the work to make sure that you're you're going to be okay there, and and you know the the competition's going to make. Those guys better certainly. That's going to be helpful. You've got a lot of young guys uh, in general. This is not an old group of linemen, so there's still upside and there's potential and development that can happen there. And they've got a better offensive line coach in uh, James Campen, which is certainly important. So you know, look, neither tackle feels like the answer as they aren't. I mean, it is very unlikely that either one's a legitimate answer at those spots but they should be okay at those spots till they can get better. And, ho- and ho- obviously those are things we're hoping, you know, happen in, in 2020, but the interior of that line is so important. And, you know, center, you know, J.C. J- 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 Trader is a very good player. Joel Batoni is a very good player and Austin Corbett, again, it's, if he wins, whoever wins that job has big shoes to fill. Uh, I do think they have some, you know, advantages w- moving on from Zeitler in terms of how they can move their line and stuff. But he was great in a foam. He was great uh, as a pass protector, especially last year for a rookie in Baker Mayfield. And that was invaluable to have. And certainly not being 100% confident in that changes things. And, you know, if that, that proves to be a weakness, that would be potentially disastrous for this team. And it, it makes uh, Baker Mayfield's job that much more difficult. Uh, exactly. Uh, and the
0: other thing is is you know as Baker, as he strives to become a more intelligent player on the field, you know strives to get comfortable with you know having now the all you know one of the ultimate weapons at the wide receiver position. Um, what where he started cooking last year was you know knowing now that this offensive line you know he knowing knowing what you know they were capable of, what they weren't capable of and working with that, working around it. Um, you know I, I, can they be as good as they were the second half of last year? I mean, honestly, most likely not because, I mean, that's how well this unit was functioning over the second half of the last season. And, you know, Baker was obviously, you know, he was humming because he was comfortable. And that's where, you know, the quarterback position is now. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, the way it's played in college and and the fact that everybody is spread out, you it's very rare that these guys get days where they are just dog to the living death. That's kind of, you know, these younger quarterbacks, a lot of them haven't, you know, come from you know a background where they were just harassed week in, week out. So if it comes to a point where you know there's a lot of pressure coming in certain games, it's obviously going to make Baker's life very, very difficult, regardless of how great the talent is around him. Uh, But I do think there's enough there. Um, Of course, long-term, yeah, I I think long-term, you you hope your interior's intact. Um, This franchise is going to have to start saving some money somewhere. So you hopefully do that by, you know, having a first-round left tackle, making some cheap money for a few years by the time you have to start extending your skill players. Uh, You know, you find a right tackle second, third round, or, you know, you, you discover a hidden gem in Forbes, something of that nature. Uh, yes, yeah, so I mean that's where it's at with the offensive line as we camp. It's it's going to be one of the better battles. Not going to be a top hit. It's going to be more of a a depth battle as far as you know who rounds it out. And a lot of it's also going to come down to versatility. Can you play more than one position? Which is tough for these younger guys because you know you're going to probably play them in some different spots, and you're going to want to know whether or not they can be able to do more than one thing. Which is what happens when you're a reserve player in the nfl and it's you know you can't just say oh well he's my you know right tackle of the future no if you're right tackle of the future it means nothing if you're possibly labeled as the left tackle of the future that holds some weight but you know, right tackle of the future you know and the other positions could be possibly set it's you know really difficult from that aspect but you know one thing we do talk about and Pete mentions a lot with Baker is if you have your choice of stronger tackle play or stronger interior play Pete still 100% it's it's got to be the interior play correct
1: right i mean look look you are who your division is in some respects and your division features Michael Pierce who's fat uh fat ass got thrown out of uh, minicamp, but he you know he is a great 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 player um Gino Atkins is a great player uh Cameron Hayward is a great player Stefan Tuitt is a very good player these are all interior defensive linemen and that is a big part of it the other part is Baker Mayfield is not you know he's not a tall guy and when you are a shorter quarterback this is true of guys like Drew Brees Russell Wilson who's even shorter you have to have that interior part of the line uh taken care of because if, if if he, if he, if they collapse on him, it it, it makes it more difficult. Now it becomes an obstructive viewpoint and it makes it so he can't step up in the pocket and throw. And that is more frustrating for most quarterbacks uh, than outside pressure is. And Baker's obviously shown he's really good at stepping up in the pocket and, you know, operating from that standpoint. Uh, So, if they can take care of that inside pressure, he's going to be in great shape if they if they're collapsing the pocket and forcing him outside and potentially into those edge guys, then he's going to have some more problems and you don't want you know you just don't want trash around the feet and that uh, insecurity there. So you know the, in terms of confidence, knowing you can count on that interior is hugely valuable for the quarterback position in general but particularly with guys like Baker Mayfield, drew Brees, uh and and guys of that nature because they are a little bit shorter and again it's not like they're looking over the line but when stuff's collapsed on them and you've got a bunch of bodies around it makes it more difficult to see through to where you want to get with the football
0: uh it's you know and, and the other thing is it's you know it allows him to process quickly look i mean if he's off his mark you know by the time he hits his, you know, his plant foot, it's it's over. It's screwed. So you know, and then then you just you know, then it's becomes back out and running back out and blah 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 blah. And you know, you're not able to use these fantastic weapons that he has, you know, uh, obviously at his disposal. Um, some listener questions here. We'll start rolling into this, Pete. It seems like David Njoku is becoming almost like a little bit of a media darling. He is all over the place right now, talking to anybody who'll
1: have him. Um. Yeah. I mean, look, first and foremost, he's a, you know, he's not afraid to talk. He's a very, uh, conversational guy. He's got a very good presence about him. He's, he's certainly got something interesting to say. And obviously he made news on the Rajasin. So, so naturally, everybody else is going to try to get him because, you know, that was certainly a good interview for Rajasin and everything with that. Um, and and you know I think David Njoku is growing up and coming into his own, and 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 he may have some missteps in this, but he's sort of feeling himself, you know, finding himself in this in this format, and it could be you know there maybe it'll backfire a little bit if he if he struggles, uh, you know, coming out of the gate. But look, he is this close to being a you know a great great tight end. Like he again eighth in yardage from tight ends last year. Uh, And one of those guys ahead of him retired. Uh, You know, I I think he has every opportunity to become a thousand-yard guy. But look, I mean, uh, there are plenty of uh, female fans who are are big fans of David Njoku. You know, I'm fairly sure Mrs. Mrs. Lloyd is one of them. Uh, Where you know they are, you know, he. He looks a guy, like a guy who if he has a shirt on too long, he might break out in hives. And the many of the, the spouses or female Browns fans aren't upset when he when he, he does that for his own protection. So look, he's got a lot going for him on that standpoint. He's smart guy, he's intelligent, uh, he's a good talker, and he's, you know, from the female perspective, or you know, certain males, uh maybe Hiram. Uh very uh you know easy on the eyes for them so there's just a lot that works for him uh to make him sort of be a guy that that people want to get out there and and, and have on and you know certainly the excitement of the browns is a big part of that look the, the, he's not on there if they if there's not a good, good uh if he's not you know not part of a good team
0: uh yeah and look i mean uh, Jersey people, we can talk. We can talk all day long. Throw in the fact that the kids spent some time at that, you know, obviously down at Miami, the U. Um, so it obviously means if, uh, you know, if somebody's going to have a conversation, uh, David Njoku has zero issues with getting all up in there. And letting it all out. Um, actually, uh, do want to. He had a uh, he had his camp here in New Jersey over the weekend. Drew rave reviews. I talked to some high school coaches who had some players in attendance. Uh, David was fantastic. Uh, you know, I worked uh, very well with the kids. Kids all came away very receptive. And this is the cool thing. I mean, you keep in mind, you know, David has just turned 23, so he is not that far removed from this. And you know, it's it's still. You know, almost one of those things where you just shake your head knowing the athletic profile this guy has and the fact that he's already got two years under his belt and, you know, now you're putting him in a position where, yeah, he's a really, really good option at the position he plays. But there is so many other names around him where, you know, if he were on other teams right now, Miami Dolphins per se, the Jacksonville Jaguars, he'd be there'd be a lot more pressure on him. Um, it may be still be good that he is only 23 and he can be a part of this not have to be the main guy you know that needs the offense kind of to funnel through him so it can you know make life easier for everybody else and, and that's that's just a fun thing to consider and you know yeah and he, he's one of those dudes he shows up at the beach he shows up at the pool he takes his shirt off you know everybody else puts theirs on and, you know, all right, uh, her, uh, and the wife start putting on the dark sunglasses and just to make sure nobody sees where the eyes are headed. And then most of the men find their way to sneak on out and, oh, maybe it's time to go get a drink. Yeah, let's go get a drink, guys. Yeah, that type of thing. Uh, but Dave a pleasure to have, and it'll be interesting to see how it goes. And obviously, you know, we'll start talking fifth-year options in a year from now with Dave and Njoku. And, you know, I, definitely a guy I think – I, the numbers he put up last year, I don't see any reason. He's, he's not going to put some damage up to those numbers. And part of it's going to be is you just can't freaking cover everybody. And that's uh, one of the special traits. we got some more listener questions here. Uh, way to help Pete. Way to help me. Browns Maven. Uh, sign up. Be a member over there. Uh, BrownsMaven.com. Browns Maven on Twitter. Make sure you're following over there. There's the site to find everything to set up to become a user. Uh, obviously that helps Pete and his work, you know, continuously putting out stuff for you every day over at Browns Maven. iTunes rating reviews for Locked On Browns, very simple, subscribe. Drop a five-star, drop a written review if you'd be so kind. Help you guys out here. I mean, all guns are blazoned I mean, we it's it, it's no joke now. I mean, we are literally this close to all this starting as we cruise on into the 2019, 2019 Cleveland Browns season. All right, this is actually a good one here, and obviously this is this is one that kind of gets to kind of tell you a little bit where this franchise is at. Um, and from at russell underscore slows. Russell, thank you for the question. Some special teams talk. Um, obviously, yeah, the Browns were putrid on special teams last year. There's no doubt about it. How is this season going to be an improvement? Um, I got a lot, I've gotten a lot of this on the two years I, you know I've covered this team um, you talk about obviously you know the 0 16 season you talk about la- you know last year and Number one when you're 0 16, seven eight and one I don't truly care so much about how your special teams perform because it what it kind of tells you is your roster isn't there yet. Um, and I remember last year everybody, well, Jeff Janice should make the team. He's a really good gunner. No, uh, find me the guys who can play the meaningful downs first down, you know, can play first down, second down, third down. I don't care about the guys who can cover the punts. I don't care who's going to be on the punt team. I don't care who's going to be on the kickoff team. I don't want to be as good care on the kickoff return team. Get to the point where your offense is good. Get to the point where your defense is good. And if that's the case, that means these players who are now going to be taking the special teams reps are good players. Um, They're in a a tough numbers game as whether or not they're a starter or not. And this is where it's going to be. And part of it's probably going to be two rookie linebackers. Um, Part of it's going to be what fills out the court. Does Tavier Thomas make this team now where you're in a position to keep a guy who's a really good special teams player? Um, You know, Obviously, you're going to have a punting competition. Uh, you know, Obviously, you're going to have a kicking competition. We're not really sure where the return game is yet. But as far as what was bad about this team and coverage units and things of that nature, that could possibly be you know, a thing of the past because it's just going to be overall better football players on those units.
1: So there's a lot of reasons it should be improved. First is overall just more talent. Um, they've got what should be more talent at certain positions Um, part and and by virtue of having more talent, you know, and hopefully, you know, they, they have some good fortune when it comes to injuries, then they're not going to need to churn the bottom of the roster as much. If they've got guys, they really want to hold on to. Uh, Now there may be some positions where they should still be looking like linebacker, uh, but you know, in general, if they like their corners, for example, and they don't want to move those guys and they keep a yeah, guy like Javier Thomas, if they, if they want a guy who's a special specialist uh, full time, then you, uh, then the, the fact that you have that one, a guy who is good and then two, some continuity in that. So Mike prefers working with a lot of the same guys week in, week out. And on some level, that's unavoidable. You're, you know, the guys who tend to get churned out are guys who are going to play in your special teams, but if they've got some continuity there and they've got guys who are pretty good at it, those things should both help. Uh, certainly, you know, the expectation is your the kicking situation is going to be better, whether it's cybert or it's going to be cyber, but whether it's cybert or Greg Joseph, um, you know, you're hoping that that is going to be a more consistent unit. I hope also hope it's going to be a less relied upon unit. So that would also help. Uh, certainly your kicking game, uh, you know, doesn't look bad if you're barely ever using it. Um, you know, the, the punting thing, you know, we'll, we'll see who wins that job. I expect it to be Colquitt. But again, if you've got consistent coverage guys and, and they're getting comfortable in their roles and they, they, they sort of embraced it, uh, you know, the, the, every draft pick uh, they made with the exception of Drew Forbes – had heavy, heavy special teams uh, use in college. And I expect Drew Forbes, if he's on the team, would be in, on, on field goal and th- stuff like that. So basically every pick they made uh, had some special teams viability uh, in addition to the other things they bring. So those are all important things. So uh, and, the, and the last but not least part is that if Freddie Kitchen's if, if it's important to him and he puts in time, that should also make it important or it should make it improve. Like if you're actually spending more practice time uh, on special teams because you think it's important uh, and that it doesn't fall off once the season starts because you, you, you know, you basically found who you want. You're, you know, you're taking that, that time uh, out for offense or whatever that, you know, that's a unit that doesn't stay as crisp. And then, you know, one would hope, that Mike Prefer is going to be better than freaking Famous Amos because that he was the worst special teams coach in the league before he got to the Browns, and then he was as awful as advertised with the Browns, and Mike Prefer, you know, despite his off-field issue, uh, has a very good reputation and and a very good track record with special teams. So all those things should combine to make a better unit. Now, they actually have to go out and do it, But you know, all those things are in place where they should be better,
0: and that's you know, and that is one where people are are are, you know not thinking about it, and maybe it just kind of got you know swept under the rug with all the activity and all the pleth. Here I go again with the plethora of moves. Uh, You know, over this off season is you hired a very competent special teams coach. uh, You know, you know, transgressions or not, Uh, but he knows it and he knows it well. Um, Part of it is also going to be the flexibility that Freddie Kitchens and Steve Wilkes give him with players that are going to be allowed on said units. Uh, I'm still not sure if Austin Seibert is going to be the kicker. And if it was a higher pick than a fifth rounder, I'd maybe say okay. I'm not sure either way. Um, You know, Look, if if you're going to score a shitload of touchdowns, it's probably maybe going to come down to kickoffs. I'm not sure. Uh Austin Seibert' leg is not great from deep and that's always for me is you know whatever anything else I don't care about but can you make the 47-yarder in the few opportunities where we're going to need it. Um you know obviously you know it's still interesting. Who knows? Maybe it could it could end up being neither of these guys. Uh how does the punting position play out um you know, obviously, the Scottish Hammer uh, Colquitt is you know kind of a fan favorite. He's loved within the building, um, so it, so those those things to play out. The coverage unit should be better because they have better coaching. As long as Steve Wilkes and obviously you know Freddie Kitchens can play along with it, um, I guess with that we'll run right into this one. Here comes. There's always something where you know people who want to discredit what this Browns product could be. Whether it's major media, whether it's local media, or whether it's anybody, yes, Freddie Kitchens has never coached as a head coach in the NFL. He's never coached as a head coach anywhere. Yes, we're well aware of that. Um, But the more and more you go back and you look at the end of the second half of last season... um, what was the most important development needed for the Cleveland Browns? It was to make sure you finally had an offense that could put some points on the board. And it's not like Greg, Greg Williams, who was the head coach at the time, interim head coach, it's not like Greg Williams had much to do with any of that. Uh, Freddie was able to find a common ground with Baker. Freddie was able to find a way to get everybody on the roster involved at the skill positions. That skill position group is now improved to the point of Odell Beckham to you know, uh, Demetrius Harris to Kareem Hunt for the second half, uh, you know, of this season coming up. So you've just given he's been given more toys. The key is going to be, and obviously, you know, Pete, who's you know goes through practices every day with his coaches, is going to be how does Freddie disconnect from the offense when he needs to and go travel down and talk with Steve Wilkes and say how's everything going you know what are some issues you think you're having you know where you know, what concerns do you have and even going on over the special teams and you know which kicker is more accurate. I'm not so concerned about depth of kicks. Who is the most consistent? You know, going over and talking about the punters, you know, which one, if the offense stalls at the 50, is going to nail this ball down inside the 15-yard line and make the other team's offense, if if they do, go 85, 90 yards to get some points. These are concerns, and how is Freddie going to be able to do that? Yes, those are concerns because, look, until you've done something – you can't say, "Oh, it'll." You can't. You can't say it'll be fine, because there's no proof in the pudding, so to speak. But you'll see how it works out. And you know, Freddie is a football lifer, and when you are an assistant coach, who do you hang out with? other assistant coaches so it's not like there's going to be scenarios that special teams brings or secondary coaches or linebackers coaches they're not going to bring anything new that freddie hasn't talked about with fellow assistant coaches over the years now it's just going to be of you know being the guy driving the bus so to speak pete having to you know either A, answer their questions, or B, say, you know what, you gave me two scenarios. Let's go with scenario B and see if that solves the issue you have with what you think you have going on with your position. So, yeah, it's okay to do that, but how well he had this offense humming last year with the more firepower that's brought to it, that's what makes me pretty damn confident in Freddie Kitchens, and I just want to make sure I get the two guys – Correctly here because there were two people who had these questions. Uh, let me see here, but uh, yeah, that's that's what's going to give me the confidence. Is the confidence is th- this offense could potentially be nothing but better, and and that's what makes me feel good. Uh, James Allen, thank you for the question, and then I believe the other one is Rogers. I believe, yeah, uh, at Ro- uh, Rogers. Thanks, guys, both of the questions. Yes, it, it, these are. It's an okay question to bring up, Pete, because. It's not just going to be hanging out with Baker Mayfield and making sure the offense scores a lot of points. It's there's going to be times where he's just going to have to go drift around because that's what head, good head coaches do.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if this is an area that's supposed to be sh- uh, stressing Freddie Kitchens, he's certainly not letting on to this point. Uh, you know, with with everything he's doing, like the way he carries himself, you, you know, it, it feels very ordinary and uh, run of the mill for him. But yeah, it's going to be interesting how, how, you know, how he manages those things. And and certainly that's a, you know, it's very difficult to go into that job because, you know, everybody can tell you how it is, but until you're actually doing it, it's a little different you're making, you know, decisions on all of those things you mentioned and then run, you know, the stuff, the day-to-day stuff, like when are we practicing and, you know, what are we doing in terms of a meeting schedule and, You know, any anything else like, you know, are you doing some event? Are you having some speaker come in any of that crap uh, that you do? Because, you know, whatever the day to day stuff that you have to do in order to get to the football stuff, you know, those become decisions he has to make. And and in some respects, you can plan out some of those things. But in others, you know, that that there there are decisions that you're going to have to make, you know, basically day to day and managing all those things. And that's, you know, that's a different deal. Uh, but we until you know we start seeing you know media reports or or, or the team starts uh, you know comes out zero and two or one and three or something like that we probably won't hear or notice much with it simply because he's there's little to. Uh, gather based on you know how he conducts himself like you know he just everything feels very uh expected from him there it doesn't you know very little seems to surprise him uh you know he will occasionally get worked up but it's to make a point it's not because he doesn't have an answer uh and he's gotten very good at, at doing certain things like occasionally moving the media to a subject he wants to cover or whatever so it's, it's going to be difficult to see. Certainly, you know, if if people are up at practices or whatever, you're going to get a sense of how those run. Hopefully they run faster. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's that that is obviously going to be a, a big challenge. And certainly there are a lot of people who are not only questioning that, but actually thinking the bronze will be held back as a result of it because they don't think he's ready. And, you know, that remains to be seen. It's not unfair to uh it's not unfair to question it but I, I, you know for whatever reason perhaps his demeanor and the way he's handled things uh he doesn't make me feel like it's something i really need to worry about even though it clearly is a uh uh a, a real thing
0: uh and also where i'm going to go with this is I, I agree with you the pace of practice cuz look if you have and the thing will be is whether or not they're gonna be okay with veteran day offs, veterans day off and things like that. But you if you talk about this skill talent, these guys are gonna need their reps. They're gonna need their work. Um, so you know you know getting this in and getting you know, work quickly, work efficiently, Yeah, that's going to need to be done because everybody's going to need their work and you're going to need to go through this, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, too. uh, You know, you think the Ravens are still going to run this goofy freaking offense. So there's going to be weeks, you know, obviously the couple of weeks where it's the Ravens, you know, things are going to be a lot different what you got to do. You've only got X amount of time to do it. So these reps are going to have to be quick. They're going to have to be concise and it's stuff that's going to have to go on, and you you look forward to it, though, and I don't think Freddie is a guy who's going to shrink from a challenge. I don't think that's going to happen in any way. Um, I think there is a solid group here of players, and I think the camaraderie is pretty good, where you know there'll be some work done... On their own, uh, you know, I can see where you have a defensive line group now in these guys that you have, and you know, Miles. All right, let's go, guys! You know, Monday night, come on over. You know, we'll throw on Monday night football. We'll watch some tape. We'll hang out. We'll eat. I, I think you're going to have a group of guys that were also going to willing are willing to put in some work together, and that's going to be an important factor as well. Um, the last question here. Um, and it is, uh, I just want to make sure I say it right. I always hate when I mess it up and it would be from Beard Coach Company. Um, obviously guys, you know, it's always amazes me the things I can get to on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, why do I hate nose tackles? I don't hate nose tackles. Um, New York Giants. I, you know, I, apparently there's, there's a nice group of, there's some, Good Giant fans on Twitter. But there's apparently a group of Giants Twitter that's very similar to the front office of the New York Giants. It's old. It's antiquated. It is stuck in the late 80s, early 90s. No, Dexter Lawrence was a tar- terrible pick at 17. And this all started with me saying that Derek Dexter Lawrence is a 1-2 to two down player and a goal line player. And the Giants drafted him at 17. I'm not shying away from it. Uh, he's 340 pounds. And then they come back with the notion of, you know, will he absorb black... I said, well, what's he going to do on passing downs? Pete, they come back and they tell me he's going to absorb blockers in passing downs. I do not dislike... And the best one, Pete, was is they used Danny Shelton as a reference as a pass rusher. Look, there's nothing wrong with those tackles. They serve a great purpose on first and ten and when the ball's inside the five-yard line. and But... You know, I mean, just come on. I mean, look, the Giants stink. they're just not doing anything right, which was the whole point of it enough.
1: Right. Um, Look, Dexter Lawrence, his production in college is. Went down the
0: toilet from the day he walked in there to the day he left.
1: Best year was his freshman year. Um, You know, and and you can say, well, they had, you know, A, B, and C. But, you know, even when you watch the tape, it wasn't, you know, he's very athletic. But it's just not there to the point where, like, I I, I wouldn't have picked him in the first two rounds. Um, I just, you know, there's just not enough evidence for me. Uh, And, and, you know, Danny Shelton, uh, you know, I would love to have Danny Shelton back. Uh, Clearly, wasn't worth, you know, the top 15 pick they used on him. But, I I mean, I I would have loved to have Danny Shelton back at, like, you know, a a nice little – a uh, reasonable deal. He's very good at what he does, but what he does is not that valu- not valuable enough to warrant that. And, and, you know, I think Dexter Lawrence is probably going to be closer to Avida Vea than he is. Uh, you know, the the type of player you want to take at that pick, which is a guy like Chris Jenkins. I mean, you want a guy who's going to just d- demolish people in front of him or, you know, what the Bronze are hoping that Larry Ogajobi ultimately becomes, which is a guy who can uh, certainly, you know, not not nearly as heavy as about 40 pounds less of him, uh, but he's a guy who can plug the run, uh, take up blocks, but, you know, he can get after the quarterback. And, and you can tell me that, oh, a nose tackle is going to impact the passing game. But, you know, that's not how teams block it. Um, it's just not. Um, and that's why most teams take those guys out, because they ultimately don't serve the purpose you want them to, uh, especially in a, in a world that is so filled with shotgun play. Uh, you can make the argument that there's a, a more of a case for the nose to be in there under under center that hopefully they can jolt the center enough that it causes an issue. But uh you know, you need somebody who can do more than, you know, maybe, you know, that can more than just slide the, the center back a little bit. If he's solo black, he's got to be able to disrupt the pocket and be a real issue up the middle. And that's why the, that's when those guys are truly special and that's when they go so early. So a guy like Marcel Darius goes third overall, and he certainly had you know, some issues, but that's the type of guy that gets you excited about that pick. Or, uh, like I mentioned, Chris Jenkins is certainly in that mix. I mean, he was, uh, before he, he suffered a number of injuries and became that two-gap guy for like he was with the Jets when he was with Carolina, he was one of the most dis- disruptive players in the yep. league. And just, you know, that was a huge reason that team went to the Super Bowl that year is he was so dominant. And to this point, Dexter Lawrence has, other than, you know, in some glimpses and a clip here or there, it's just not the same dude. And maybe that's something they'll ultimately find. But I, I think you're going to get more, way more Vita Vea than you are Dantari Poe. I, I
0: still believe there's Giants fans who think they got Christian Wilkins and don't realize that, his, you know, Dexter Lawrence is a completely different dude. I, I do believe that, and I- even the other thing though, if you think he's this elite, there's way teams game plan around that. Guess what? Guess where they send receivers anticipating the rush? Guess where they send it? Right over where the center in the center nose tackle hole was. It's you know, look, Dexter Lawrence may turn out to be a really a good player. I don't think he'll ever warrant going 17 in this draft. I I, I don't see it. I don't see a possibility of it. And then, oh, well, he was, a you know, and the same people arguing with me, oh, well, he was rated a top 60 player. Okay, well, you don't take a top 60 player. It's 17. It's it's the monotony of it and the stupidity of it just, you know, makes me shake my head. And I actually had some Giants fans actually apologize and say, please understand that most people have these kind of fools blocked. But just, guys, there is so much out there to read and learn. Sharp football, uh. If you want numbers, PFF, there's so much at your disposal in 2019 that if you truly want to be a better fan of the game, you can use and you know get smarter, get better, and get to the point where you're sitting around on Sunday with 10 people and you find a way to sneak off to the bedroom because you don't want to just watch the game with casual fans. If you want to get better as a fan and understand more of the game, there are a million resources available to you to you now in this day and age. Pete, uh, it's been a couple days. Uh, league wise, anything, uh, something we missed, something we, you need to throw in here.
1: Yeah. Uh, big Eww. deal is Deion Jones signing his extension.
0: Okay. Um, Cause actually this just got dropped into us. Perfect. Uh,
1: so both he and Grady Jarrett have signed massive extensions. Uh, and, and Grady Jarrett could be very relevant for Larry Ogunjobe in a year. But for the right now, uh, you know, four years, uh, 57 million and 30-some guaranteed. And obviously you're waiting for the breakdown of everything. But when you're looking at Joe Schobert and you're going, well, C.J. Mosley's deal is bullshit. You know, the Browns should never give anything like that. Well, C.J. Mosley took less because they controlled the market. They had him and he got, you know, the average. You know if you just take it based on the dollar figure they're throwing out there it's 14 and a quarter million per year now I don't know if Schobert is de- it would demand that much money or anything like that but you know if you if you're telling me I could sign Joe Schobert for four years 57 million dollars right now I would happily sign him uh, he's that type of player but you know hopefully this maybe moves uh, moves the ball on that and hope you know hopefully they're at least uh, wanting to extend him so that maybe they can actually start talking about it. Obviously, there's been reporting that they they were talking to Demarius Randall. I don't know if that's new or if that's based on, you know, a couple months ago. But, uh, yeah, so you've got some contract comps out there that, you know, that are going to be relevant for some of your players. And and obviously, Deion Jones has a similar benefit for the Falcons defense that that Joe Schobert has for the Browns. They're both guys who... Uh, have a lot of athletic ability can have a lot of range uh can help it can impact the passing game and those guys are rare uh in the NFL and and should be treated as such and obviously uh Deion jones had an injury last year but joe schobert has been consistently a very very top of the line coverage guy and that is significant value uh to me should be a significant value to the Browns, and hopefully this Sort of paves, you know, another another brick uh, in that road that that sort of gets gets us to the point where we can a- a- announce that extension with Showbert.
0: Um, and this is also the other thing, and you know, obviously Pete and I, who are big Joe Showbert guys, and I get some people all oh, because he came on the show. No, um, I was a big fan of Joe Showbert before he came on the show. Uh, so th- that's <laughs> don't misconstrue stuff. Uh, search a little deeper. And I think a lot of it gets lost. And, guys, in where the game is at now, so much of it is predicated on coverage. Yes, even if you're a linebacker, it's predicated on coverage. Why? How can you not see this with quarterbacks throwing for 5,000 yards in a season? If they're going to throw for 5,000 yards, you better need some people to cover these guys. And it's not just cornerbacks. It's not just safeties. It is the linebacker position. This is, what is the premium on the defensive side of the ball? Can you cover at the linebacker position? Can you cover as a secondary player? And as a defensive lineman, I don't care if you're interior or you're outside, can you get after the damn quarterback? This is where this game is at now. This is how you get these 41 to 38 scores. It's not based on running the ball. It's not. And yes, there are some running backs putting up some phenomenal numbers. It's not a disrespect to them. But it is a, some be, get out of the old school mentality of, you know, the 1,200-yard rushing yard back is good. No, because there's a lot of times where these guys are getting these runs because the defense was in a 100% pass alignment and, you know, the back was good enough to make one cut and go. So much of this game is about pass-rushing coverage now. It just makes me sick to have to keep saying this stuff, Pete.
1: Right. Uh, Look, clearly. I mean, you you look at uh, a guy like Deion Jones and why he's being paid so much, and and look, you you look at a guy like C.J. Mosley, and Schobert is better. I mean, nobody wants to hear that because the people who dislike Joe Schobert because he missed a tackle, Um, but he's better than C.J. Mosley and has more value, and... That's why you want to get that deal done, so you don't put yourself in a situation where you're, you're you're suddenly seeing him get paid astronomical dollars to leave. You you hopefully take care of business beforehand. You get him the financial security uh, and and you know the knowing where he's going to his future is uh, done, uh, and you're willing to take that you know a, a few million dollars less. To, to ensure that, you know, if, if if something were to happen, you get hurt. You're not going to, you know, the, you're not suddenly going to get nothing. Uh, so, again, it, he has immense value to this team. I I, I I wish the Browns would come out and say that, but, uh, you know, I, I, hopefully they just get it done and we can announce an extension and and keep that, that second level that we have a premium guy at the second level. We have premium guy at the third level with – uh, Denzel Ward, and we'll see what happens with Demarius Randall. You've got a premium guy at the first level. Miles Garrett, uh, Olivier Vernon, and and hopefully Sheldon Richardson and, and uh, Larry Ogunjobi prove that. Uh, but you want to have a premium dude at each level uh, on your defense, and, and Schobert fits exactly where this team is, where this team is going, and what they want to do.
0: And look, and you know, and I'll keep saying this, just from knowing Joe and the guy he is. I'm not sure Joe is a break the bank type of guy. Um, you never know. Um, I'm just saying that uh, you know if this, and the thing is, if you try to sign Joe Schobert going into, you know, as, as this year comes to a close, it, the price tag is only going up. You may have a better chance of getting this done to be a better, more team-friendly contract this year because if you've now put this defensive line in place in front of him, uh what Joe did uh, on the on16 team and what Joe did last year he should be able to blow that to smithereens. so that is something you're gonna have to worry about uh, I'm gonna put this to uh, put a bow on this here um, uh, at Brown'smaven on Twitter make sure you're following uh, Brownsmaven.com check out all Pete's work over there go ahead sign up become a member at underscore Pete Smith underscore, make sure you are throwing a follow over there. As Pete's juggling, uh, you know, going through camp himself before the Browns actually start camp as well. Uh, you know, always appreciate Pete, uh, appreciate Pete and the time he's got here for the show. There'll be a couple more off days for Pete next week. Don't worry, we'll provide you some home run hitters and keep going. From, you know, from there. Uh, the Browns Twitter account, uh, at Browns, all lowercase. Make sure you're following over there. Always a follow-back account. Uh, As always, if you're Twitter shy, I'll take any DM over there. Uh, DMs are always open. Uh, Anybody looking for a sponsor, you know, anybody looking to sponsor, advertise, whatever, shoot us over there as well. Um, Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Throw a follow over there. Again, the anticipation is growing, the excitement um, just crossing off those days. And so far, it has been the perfect storm for the most part of an off season. Uh Nothing's changed as far as who's available and who's not. Nothing's changed, you know, obviously since we've gotten into, you know, basically summer vacay, so to speak. Uh, and hope to see everybody there on the 24th, ready to rock and roll. Ben, your daily delivery of all things dog pound. LGB on the L-O-B. Let's go, Browns.